Welcome to Financial Planning for Oil and Gas Professionals, hosted by certified financial planners Justin Brownlee and Jared Machen of Brownlee Wealth Management. The only podcast dedicated to those of you in the oil and gas profession to help you optimize investments, lower future taxes, and grow your wealth. Learn more and subscribe today at brownleewealthmanagement.com. Welcome back to another episode of FPOG, Financial Planning for Oil and Gas Professionals. This week on the podcast, you get to meet another member of our Brownlee Wealth Management team. This week, we're going to be talking to Nathan Steele. Nathan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Justin. Really excited to be here. Yes, great to have you. Um, To start us off, I'd love to just hear a little bit about yourself. Tell us who you are, where you come from. And uh, for those listening, Nathan is an associate with Brownlee Wealth Management with us now. Um, and so I'll uh, give the floor to you. Tell us a little bit about your story, Nathan. Yeah, thanks, Justin. So I'm originally from Kansas, born and raised there uh, pretty much all my life. Uh, grew up with a small family unit, my uh, parents and my sister there in Wichita, uh, stayed close to home going to Wichita State chose a degree in business with a finance and entrepreneurship major. Didn't necessarily know where I wanted to go from there. Uh, Spent uh, a brief period of time with uh, an international business role at a a firm, but then transitioned to Coke Industries uh, in the credit analysis space for the agriculture uh, sector. Uh, Didn't necessarily know much about either, but I decided I would would give it a try and uh, build my career that way. They gave me a lot of opportunities uh, to learn and grow, and I ultimately transitioned over to the energy book uh, for the natural gas um, book, uh, where I was doing some analysis for that group. I ultimately relocated down to Houston in 2014, really just embraced Texas. I really enjoyed the move. It was a great time in my life as a young professional to uh, move down and, and learn about the energy space. A much different world, but I've, I really enjoyed it. Spent a, a fair number of years uh, in the natural gas space uh, in various roles with credit. Uh, spent a, a lot of time doing natural gas scheduling, um, a little bit of trading on that side as well. Uh, ultimately, managing some people and, and uh, working on various projects for the group. And then, uh, as I as I looked towards uh, a longer term career trying to figure out what uh, what I wanted to do, I, I found financial planning and a little bit through an indirect an indirect route, but I'm glad I did. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And, uh, you know, it's not necessarily a prerequisite that if you work at Brownlee Wealth Management, you have to have roots in Kansas, but um, here we are. Now, I'm interested to hear a little bit more about your background in natural gas. And actually, I'll just give you an open-ended question. What, what's your biggest takeaway from your time in the O&G industry? It's interesting to think about. I, I spent a good number of years, about eight years of my career in that space. And uh, I, I got to see quite a bit of, of the cyclical nature of it. And um, I think one of the biggest takeaways for me over the years was just how integrated that space is with really everything in the world. And uh, from innovation to people's livelihoods, um, it's it's really a, a strong foundation for everything we have today. And so that was uh, a big takeaway take for me is I, I felt really proud going to work and contributing to, to society in that way. And I think it, it's something I still hold pretty close. That's awesome. 
And um, yeah, I know you mentioned in your story that you didn't, you know, you didn't necessarily back up to your time in college and know a lot about what you were going to do, both on the natural gas side and obviously who could have foreseen that you would make a a big career change as well. And I think we can all resonate with that. Uh, You start working and you start trying different things and and you just kind of uh, end up in interesting positions. Um, But I'd love to kind of pivot to the financial planning space and tell us a little bit why. Why were you thinking that financial planning might be a a, a fun uh, career journey for you? Sure. This was a a bit of a meandering path, but I'm really glad I made it. Um, I I think ultimately I I was at a crossroads of what I wanted my career to look like long term. And um, I was in a great position at, at Coke Industries, a uh, large w- runway for me there. Um, I was given quite a bit of opportunity to grow. But as I explored what I wanted to uh, do long term, I um, it just didn't seem to fill my cup completely. And so as I was looking at other opportunities, I decided, OK, well, I may need to consider the financial implications of such a decision. And so I started exploring what I would need to do in terms of my finances if I were to take a, a lower paying job in, a, a, in an entry level role in another sector, uh, what, what might that look like? And I just found that it was pretty difficult to find good advice, good genuine advice uh, trying to help me rather than you know for their own motives. And so, as I reached out to a few different con- contacts at various companies, I just wasn't satisfied with it. And so I did started doing uh, my own research uh, for my own benefit. You know, what things do I need to consider and really found uh, certified financial planning and uh, fell in love with it. I realized that it was a mix of analytics and numbers and people aspect as well. And that's something that really fills my cup. And so uh, as I took that that small step to uh, look into the educational course through Rice University, I uh, just decided to make the first step. And whatever may happen from there, great. Uh, worst case scenario, I would have some information for my own personal benefit. Uh, best case scenario, I may find my new career path. And so I uh, ended up following that path, ultimately finishing that coursework, and then uh, passing the CFP exam uh, in 2019. And I was really at a point where I had to make a decision of, is, is this something that I wanted to pursue long term? And after you go through the rigors of studying for the CFP exam, you, you kind of decide that you've, you've already committed to that path. And so uh, with, with the certification or passing the exam in hand, I, I decided that I would push forward with trying to find a good fit. That's awesome. That is incredible. And I'm sure some of our listeners can, you know, have a general idea as to what your prior career was in scheduling, trading background and on the natural gas side, and then making a a jump to financial planning. You mentioned a little bit about this. When did you start looking at the financial planning profession? Yeah, I started looking uh, somewhere in 20, early 2018, I believe. So I've, I've been on this journey for about four, four years now. Okay. Wow. Incredible. And uh, we are speaking now fall of uh, 2022. And so uh, you joined our team this summer. What or why, why did it take you so long to make the jump? Really uh, at the point where I was ready to make that jump, I 
like I mentioned, I passed the exam in July of 2019. I was ready to make that transition um, early that following year. And as I was ready to do so, COVID hit. And uh, then I was in a position of uh, getting ready to, to marry my wife, my now wife, and um, ready to purchase a home. And there was a lot of financial uncertainty uh, within that year. And I decided that, hey, this is not closing the door, but it's maybe putting the pursuits on a shelf and uh, revisiting it later in a time of more certainty. So after COVID kind of um, let up a little bit, I uh, re-engaged my search, but it had been a long search trying to find the right fit. And uh, I think it's really important for me as I as I pursued this that I didn't just jump for any any position. Like I mentioned previously, I I really enjoyed my time at Coke Industries and and they they uh, were really good to me and I, I learned a lot and and grew a lot in the process. But that made it all the more difficult to to jump to a, a role that I just wasn't in love with. And so uh, I wanted to really be diligent about what I was looking for and and define it very explicitly and then um, make an effort to to network uh, throughout the the space and and find the right fit and I'm really thankful that I feel like I have with Brownlee Wealth Management. Awesome. Very cool. And uh, yeah, love to love to guide into or, or drive into a few different financial questions and just get your thoughts, get your get your background and get some of the way that you think about these things. Nathan, what would you say is your first money memory? Yeah, there's a couple that come to mind. Uh, one is pretty early on. I grew up um, loving basketball. Uh, I early on, I I left all other sports uh, to the side and and really invested myself in basketball. And from a young age, I think the only thing that I really cared about spending money on was basketball shoes. And to go with my my father and and uh, pick out the ones that I wanted. As, as some of you may know, those basketball shoes are just incredibly expensive <laughs> for, for what they are. And uh, so we would always have this negotiation of, hey, we're are you sure you want those? Can we afford them? And and um, then it was a thing of, hey, I'll, I'll pay for these. My, my dad would always say every year, yeah, I'll pay for these, but you'll pay me back later. And. Uh, so just the the idea of money and and being able to afford things and and being really intentional about our our decision decisions was a big deal i think um a couple other things that really spoke to me are are my uh, my first debit card it was a, a kansas jayhawks debit card and oh no oh this is so bad I'm sure that it's it's not your ideal uh, ideal storyline, but uh, I I remember I want to say I couldn't have been more than 12 years old, but I loved the idea of writing down my account balances in my my check register, and as I made a deposit, I I recall that I would diligently include any deposits uh, and withdrawals in that check register, and. I just don't think that's a common a common experience for for a young uh, a young kid. Uh, but I really loved it. I loved numbers. I loved the idea of being really thoughtful about my money. Um, my my mom, I she would say all the time as I brought home my expensive basketball shoes, "You better get a good job because you have expensive tastes." But uh, I think it was a, a really great lesson of 
hey, did, we can have nice things, but let's make sure that we're being really, really thoughtful about where we're spending our money and making good decisions. That's awesome. I love that story. It's, uh, you know, it's funny. Obviously, I have similar roots in Kansas. Uh, just like you, I, you know, force, I, I really said no to every other sport, devoted my entire childhood, teenager years to basketball. One of my first big money purchases or one of the first things uh, that I was really excited about getting was a Phoenix Suns jersey. Uh, when I was a kid. And um, so, yeah, it's funny to funny to mention that. And obviously we're both here in Texas and it's uh, it just doesn't really make sense that people would be all in on basketball here. Um, so a little bit of a foreign concept. Along with the fact that I went to Wichita State and there was no college football uh, team there. So we were all the way into basketball at Wichita State. And so never really got, got to experience that that phenomena that is college football. And I mean, Wichita State, I'm sure you don't you don't need to be from Kansas to know how much of a rich basketball tradition they've had, um, especially over the last 10, 20 years. They've made a lot of noise in the tournament. So fun to fun to follow along with that. OK, financial planning wise, I am curious. So it's you know, it's pretty unique for you to be on the natural gas side, working at Coke Industries and decide on my own time and on my own dime, you paid for this on your own. You spent your own time uh, at Rice University pursuing your CFP. Um, and I'm interested. So the CFP course has five different topics. Uh, so insurance risk management, estate planning, tax planning, uh, investments, and then retirement planning. Out of those five, which did you enjoy the most? I would say the retirement planning probably spoke to me the most or spoke to me. Uh, I think the long-term nature of that pl of planning, what retirement looks like for any certain individual was really fascinating to me and intriguing to see the different decisions that people make, whether you want to retire early, whether you want to switch careers to a dial back to a, a more lifestyle part-time job. The ideas surrounding retirement planning were fascinating. I think one of the topics that I probably enjoyed the most, probably did not excel at the most, was tax planning. Um, I just find that investments are, are the, the sexy topic. It's the topic that gets a lot of the, a lot of the fanfare, but I think that, that there's a lot of good work that's been done on the investment side of things that uh, a lot of people are connected to some of the investment-based philosophy around long-term investments and not necessarily trying to time the market or be tactical with it. But the more complicated topic, and I'd argue one that you can gain more value in is is tax planning. And it's one that I, I look forward to learning more about and really leveraging uh, for our clients and, and uh, yeah, just learning more about it. Yeah. Retirement planning is certainly interesting. And so, yeah, just like you said, there's so much value in tax planning, but if your favorite one was retirement planning, it uh, kind of makes sense. I mean, that's kind of what you did. You're, you're figuring out, okay, what's my income? What are my resources? What are my assets? And more important than those questions is what exactly do I want to do in life? And at the end of the day, financial planning is, is solving problems and figuring out, well, one, what do I want? What do I desire? What do I want my life to look like? And then how do I align uh, my money with what I'm wanting, what my values are, what's important, um, stuff like that. So very cool. Those conversations are ones that I really enjoy. And I think they're, they're difficult to have, quite honestly. It's hard to put yourself in that 
considering future Nathan. What does future Nathan want? And it's easy to think about what what we want here in the moment and and what feels right, like the right decisions. But uh, it's it's pretty difficult to consider what uh, what the future may look like. And not saying that we have to have it all figured out, but um, I think to be able to help people think through that um, and put themselves in a future future state. Uh, that that really excites me to think about the idea that we could we can improve um, improve the outcome the long term outcome of people's lives. Yeah, absolutely. And you alluded to this a little bit when you talked about fee only and, and trying to find a firm that, that fits with what you're looking for as you entered the industry. Uh, but it is it is funny um, when you think about the CFP curriculum. And I mean, I've talked to so many planners, so many financial planners where this has been the case. They may have started at a brokerage firm. And I mean, frankly, if you've been in the industry more than five years, you are very unique if you didn't start at a brokerage firm. Um, I did. Uh, and I know I mentioned that in, in one of one of the podcasts that we did earlier. But there's so many certified financial planners that go through the CFP process and they're at a brokerage firm. And that retirement planning section, along with some of the others, but especially that retirement planning section, it really makes them rethink, why am I at my current firm? Because primarily, we're really just selling stuff. We're selling a specific uh, type of mutual funds to get a commission off of. We're selling insurance policies to, to earn a commission, or we're selling a specific type of strategy in the markets. And it, it makes them think, hey, I want to go to that fee-only route because I want to just be able to ask a simple question, what are you trying to accomplish? And let's figure out the best way to make that happen. And let's remove some of the conflicts of interest that get in the way there. Um, so that's very cool. One of the things that I was finding is, as I was trying to explore my own financial planning decisions uh, with the career move is it's really easy to make, find out, hey, what is my current situation? What problem am I trying to solve today? And finding the solution to solve that one problem uh, where it gets pretty complex and where I think we can add a lot of value is as you consider that all of the pieces moving independently and, and working together, uh, whether it's taxes, whether it's uh, your investments, whether it's your long-term goals and how they change over time, it really helps to have someone alongside with you, uh, coaching you through some of those decisions and, and assisting you with some of those decisions because it's it's a full-time job, honestly. It's enjoyable to some and, and uh, completely understand that people want to... Uh, take an active role in that but i completely understand others who who it's just they would like to focus on on their lives and and uh, and living their lives to the fullest and allow others to help them uh, make some of those more complicated financial decisions absolutely absolutely now I do have to ask you. So I want to ask you about where you came from and where you are now. Um, and so, Nathan, you're you're all about you're all in um, on investment philosophy being a long term diversified. And I, I would even just say you're kind of all in on the boring investment convictions uh, camp. Right. You firmly believe in just long-term diversification, building a sound, low-cost portfolio uh, that you properly maintain and manage for decades. So you came from a trading background, and 
you know, obviously those are your investment convictions. Now, tell me a little bit about like, how, how do you get there? Are those at odds? Uh, is it hard to turn off the trading brain uh, to buy into an ultra long-term portfolio? Tell me about that. Yeah, absolutely. It's It was a challenge because I think I was in an environment that really valued a trading mentality and making optimal decisions to take advantage of arbitrage opportunities completely understand the value of, of those decisions and those roles in that space. Uh, but I, um, it is hard to turn off. It's, it's hard to go to work and uh, be in that type of environment and then uh, pivot uh, in your own personal life to much more systematic way of thinking about investing and um, making decisions uh, that aren't necessarily as sexy and, and um, aren't as, um, aren't as active. And so it absolutely was at odds and uh, it's, it's difficult to do, uh, but uh, it's something that I feel really convicted in and ultimately why I made the jump. That's awesome. And uh, would also just love to hear what thoughts do you have for oil and gas professionals? Um, you were in the industry and now you're on the other side. You're a financial planner. So so what thoughts would you have for, for oil and gas professionals still in the industry? Sure. I, th I think anybody that's been in the industry for any extended period of time just understands the cyclical nature of the space. I think we're undoubtedly experiencing a some momentum in the space right now with the current energy environment. But I, I think from a financial standpoint, keeping that long-term perspective and understanding that things are never as good or as bad as they seem, it benefits you to have um, have a plan that, that can uh, give you a margin of safety in the ups and the downs, um, just to make sure that that you are you're prepared for the unexpected. Um, understanding that that there will always be volatility in this space and um, just to make sure that you're prepared for whatever may come. I love it. That's a great thought. Last question for you. What financial values or principles do you hope to pass down to your family? One of the things that I have, have uh, come to really embrace is this idea that money is a resource, but it's only one of many resources, whether um, whether you're talking about money or time, attention, energy, these are all resources that you can utilize to live a fulfilling life. And um, money is, is definitely a powerful tool, uh, but to use that resource uh, with intention and to make sure that you are designing a life that you're, you're really uh, excited about and uh, that you are fulfilled by and that you're ultimately, um, you're ultimately enriching the lives of, of your family and friends and those around you. So I would just uh, be really intentional uh, with, with money and, and the decisions they're making. That's great. Love that. Well, Nathan, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, if you are listening, feel free to send us any questions or thoughts, podcast at Brownlee Wealth Management, and uh, look forward to hearing from you and seeing you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. You can subscribe or connect with us at brownleewealthmanagement.com or send ideas for future episodes to podcast at brownleewealthmanagement.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.
This podcast is for informational purposes only. Nothing discussed during this show or episode should be viewed as investment, legal, and tax advice. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please consult the appropriate qualified professional.